Hell no. Uh-uh. That ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You gots to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. Yes, yes. Real indeed. As always, coming at real speed. I hope everybody is having a wonderful evening, morning or afternoon. At whatever point in your day you're listening to this, know that you are loved and appreciated for doing so. I am Brian Jones, and I'm just going to go by Hostradamus for the rest of this episode. Just just refer to me as Hostradamus if you're using my name, because anybody who listened to me over the weekend as I was taking in NBA's All-Star festivities knows what I'm talking about. But I'll go ahead and recap for newcomers. I hope there are plenty of you, but if not, I'll just talk to the people who are my loyalists, because over the weekend, I walked away with one conclusion. The NBA's big man is experiencing a resurgence of sorts. I use the term resurgence a little loosely because it's not so much a resurgence as it is a redefining of what the big man does, really. For the past 10 years or so, we can all agree there's been an emphasis by the powers that be in NBA circles to accentuate offensive basketball. It's almost like slowly but surely they were attempting to phase big men out of the game altogether, but evolution and the players who occupy the position had a little something to say about it. For me personally, it all starts with Carl Anthony Towns. I know he's not the best big man in the league yet, and you can use whatever metric you want to argue that point, but the fact is, Dude's a freak, and he represents a slew of freaks that are currently operating within the structure of the league. Miles Turner, Chris Stapps Porzingis. I could go on for at least 30 seconds spouting off bigs who have potential to be dominant in this league. Nikola Jokic is probably my favorite, but he's got such a small sample size out there, it's hard to put him in the same breath as Cat, who's played damn near two full seasons at a high, high caliber. Part of this epiphany came playing NBA 2K over the past three years. I realized centers are good as hell in this game. A lot of them can shoot threes. All of them can obviously dunk, block, and operate from within the post for the most part, as long as you don't have somebody like Dwight Howard or Andre Drummond or DeAndre Jordan who depend on lob passes from a point guard. But even them are so good defensively They make up a lot of those problems offensively, a lot of their inability or ineffectiveness around the rim. What's wild is on Saturday night, Chris Stapps Porzingis beat Gordon Hayward in a skills competition, a skills contest. That's dribbling, passing and shooting the things guards and forwards are supposed to excel at. Centers are supposed to be able to block, protect the rim, and get it in the hole as quickly and efficiently as possible. Instead, 
Chris Stapp's ass is operating outside the perimeter and shooting 40% from there. I think the only player who comes close to that clip playing over 100 games and taking five attempts per game is Dirk Nowitzki, a future Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying the unicorn is the next Dirk, but you have to take note of what this guy's doing and guys like him are doing. A lot of these thoughts stem from the recent trade that took place. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, one DeMarcus Cousins, former UK Wildcat, will be joining another University of Kentucky alum and great NBA big man, Anthony the Brow Davis. This intrigues me for so many reasons. First of all, Drew Holiday is the happiest man in the NBA right now because they were able to make this trade without giving him up. I'll get into the details of the trade later because Kings got fleeced. Everybody knows it. I think they just wanted to part ways with DeMarcus so bad they were willing to take whatever they could get because according to some comments, Vladi Divac made their basketball operations head. They were offered a better deal two days ago and he was scared that because they had turned that down and received this offer afterwards, it could only get worse. And he's probably right. Once these other GMs smell blood in the water, they know what the deal is. They talk and they know how the Kings as an organization are run. So, yeah, they were going to get taken advantage of. And at the end of the day, there's no way you're getting fair or equal value for Boogie. Boogie's ability is top 10. But. His mercurialism and inability to keep his head in tough situations has caused teams and managers of teams to look at him like, yeah, um, I'll give you a future first rounder and two second rounders. That's ridiculous because a player of Boogie's caliber, any trade talks usually begin with an all-star for an all-star. That's where those conversations usually begin and end. Don't talk to me unless you're coming with the top five player. Don't talk to me unless you're offering somebody who Boogie played with and suited up with on Sunday. I need all stars in trade for him. Instead, you got Buddy Hill, Langston Galloway, Matt Barnes, and some future picks. Some of which are promising. I'm not saying that next year's draft isn't flush with talent, but... The fact is you had one that you knew was a 2010 guy right now. There's only been a few of those in league history. A few of them are playing right now. That's Anthony Davis. That's DeMarcus Cousins. And now you let them get on the same team to form what could be one of the greatest front court tandems of all time. If you look at the numbers, right? This is Tim Duncan, David Robinson stuff. If they can keep their heads together. Get a coach that knows what he's doing. Uh, Alvin Gentry definitely does. Coached with Golden State. Coached with Phoenix back in the day when they were really good competing against the Lakers in finals. Guy knows what he's doing. And now you add to that mix a level-headed boogie. Dare I say championship. I take that back. They're the eighth seed in the West, and Golden State is the one seed. A lot of people are talking about a headache for Golden State. I don't know if there's a headache 
scenario. But I will say this. The one thing Golden State doesn't do well, New Orleans has the ability to do extremely well. So their strength is now Golden State's primary weakness. I mean, Kevin Durant can shoot threes and play on the perimeter all day. But he's going to have to outscore AD. That's going to be the matchup, right? What are you putting, Draymond on AD? Okay, have fun with that. Have fun with Draymond on DeMarcus. (laughs) I mean, what, you going to play Zaza in the fourth quarter? Yeah, have fun with that too. I mean, the matchup is a nightmare. But in that same breath, who the hell's guarding the Warriors' backcourt? Because last I checked, the Pelicans starting two is Etwan Moore. And I like Etwan on NBA 2K. In NBA real life, I'm not so sure about him guarding Klay Thompson. Bottom line here, though, I want everybody to start recognizing the new era. Everybody needs to recognize this is the era of the big stuff. Damn right. I'm going to play that again. It's the era of the big stuff. Mr. Big Stuff. If you're 6'10 or better, you're running the league right now, man. Can you chew gum and walk at the same time while maybe dribbling a basketball? Oh, Lord. You're getting $120 million. Guaranteed, man. Guaranteed. It ain't too many of y'all that can do the things you're doing. But... Right now, the league is experiencing an onslaught of them. So get your money while you can. And NBA, recognize these folks. Joel Embiid is soon to be a perennial all-star if he can stay healthy and fan favorite. Dude's got a personality on him, and he's got great Twitter fingers. Put him on the ballot. Carl Anthony Towns, put him on the ballot. I saw him in a beef jerky commercial. When's the last time you saw a center other than Shaquille O'Neal in the commercial? That's how big this stuff is getting. Anthony Davis, the brow? Yeah. You think Boogie coming to New Orleans isn't going to cause some type of cross-promotional type of opportunities? Yeah, you out of Sacramento now, big bruh. And I know it's unfortunate for the people of Sacramento. I got a little song for y'all, too. It's a little sadder, but it's perfect for this situation. right man y'all not boogieing no more i'm sorry i know it's unfortunate and it's even more unfortunate because you know espn has no reason to refer to sacramento at all now i don't know when your games will be played i don't know when they'll be covered but i hope in your small corner of america you can enjoy the brand new stadium you just paid for with the understanding that Boogie Cousins would still be your best player. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Somebody definitely should, but don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. This was a short one tonight, though, folks. I just wanted to get into some of the stuff about NBA centers, what was going on. Just a quick little segment covering the NBA's big men, trying to give them some honor and praise so they don't get enough of it, in my estimation. And this song is obviously in honor of the one and only Boogie Cousins escaping 
the asylum that was Sacramento. Congratulations to you, sir. I wish you all the success in the world in New Orleans, as I hope everyone does, because a lot of distractions in New Orleans, man. Vegas of the South. I've been there, done that, and I hope Boogie can ball out. That's going to do it tonight. I love all y'all. And keep on boogie-oogieing. <laughs>